Now, you've got to show me what I should do when I meet the prince. You pretend to be the prince, and I'll pretend to be me. And I'll come in, and I'll bow very, very low, like this, and the prince will say... Hey, Cinderella. Oh, he'd never say, hey, Cinderella. He'd say something royal. I bet when he meets you, he says, hey, Cinderella. Arthur, it's lucky you're a gardener, because you'd never make it as a prince. Welcome to the Bad Princess Movie Podcast. This is the podcast that seeks to catalog all of the terrible movies about princesses and princesses-to-be. And today, we are taking a look at Hey Cinderella. This is a old Jim Henson production and one of my nostalgic childhood favorites. So I gotta come right off the bat and say, I don't think this is a terrible princess movie. I goddamn love this movie and cherish it so much so if brie hates it then a part of my heart's gonna die today so brie what do you feel well i have good news for you christy because i do not hate this this is oh, very cute thank god it's because of its age there's definitely some te some technical foibles yes but like that's not a, the fault of the movie that's just its age Otherwise, it's a very cute movie. I enjoyed it. Oh, that's awesome. This th this is yet another Grandma's Basement movie for me, where we've, <laughs> we've talked about this before, but I just have these cherished childhood memories of watching this film in my grandma's basement, uh, her cold, dungeon-like basement. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I it's it's funny as as I was watching this the kind of the memories were coming back to me and I would I would go down there to watch movies and I would sit on her couch but because it was cold I would take the pillows from the sofa and pile them on myself oh my god to like form a pillow blanket because there's some Amazing. reason I did just go ask for a blanket I so I would just I would well, no gotta get the yeah. creativity of children, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, no, I can handle this by myself. I'll just, I'll stack pillows on myself and then watch Hey, Cinderella. <laughs> it sounds cozy, honestly. Yeah. I, I was honestly nervous to propose this one for the podcast because I was having such a hard time objectively judging whether there was going to be ah. enough for us to talk about with this one. Because it's just... It's like, I, I, I watched it, and I was like, I just love all of this. Like, I just love all of it. So how <laughs> am I going to have a discussion with Brie when the only thing I can think to say right now is, I just think this is cute, and I love it. I mean, I, don't ha I did not take a lot of notes on this one, but that's because I was just enjoying it. I was just having a good time. Yeah. It's very, it is very cute. So I guess we, we're agreed, and the podcast is over. Yeah, thanks for listening it. everyone Th thank you <laughs> are you are you a muppet fan at all brie you know it was like i was never like super into the muppets as a kid i've definitely missed on missed out on like a lot of i think muppet specials that are really nostalgic for people but I've, i like i've always enjoyed the muppets yeah yeah i I think I would consider myself a Muppet fan. Like, my my Jim Henson love is definitely very firmly centered on Labyrinth. Um, but I my love for the Muppets is very deeply tied 
to this film and also the Jim Henson's Frog Prince. Um, ah, yes. Between the two, the Frog Prince is my absolute favorite. Um, so it's I I'm having to resist the urge to talk about that one. We're, <laughs> we're definitely going to be taking a look at that in the future, probably next year for when we go through uh, Prince movies in April. Ah, yes. But I I do think that these those movies together really planted the seed for me just having that deep affection for Kermit and Robin and just all of the Muppets, really. Um, yeah. I don't know, they're just fun. Um, part, part of why I decided we were going to cover this movie when we did is because uh, the new Fraggle Rock reboot just came out. And, oh! Uh, and uh, it was filmed in my home city. Really? Yeah, it was. That filmed... is surprising. Yeah, I, I, it was very exciting for me to see that because uh, I, I feel like as an Albertan, a lot of the times when Alberta makes the news, it's not, <laughs> not for the right reasons. Mm. So for yeah. Alberta to get. Something like the Fraggle Rock reboot, and for, I don't know, I just, I feel like there's just a lot of pride knowing that th we were able to get this Jim Henson production in our city. Um, there's also, like, a big part of me that is just, like, really questioning my life choices as to, like, <laughs> why, why aren't I working on a Jim Henson production? How do I, can I just, like... Can I just break in somehow? Please let me. I just <laughs> look. You don't have to let. I, I'll just sweep the floors. Just anything. Let me be yeah. there. I just let me see a doozer up close. Oh, <laughs> they look so fuzzy. I just want to touch one. <laughs> oh man. But I I've had Muppets on the brain for a long time now, so I I'm I'm hoping that we can just. Maybe through the process of this podcast, I could purge a bit of that Muppet fixation out and I could finally return to my normal life of only being <laughs> slightly obsessed with Jim Henson's Labyrinth. Uh, if, if you can, like, spread the word of the Muppets, mm -hmm. you can finally be free. Yeah. Yeah, spread spread a little bit. If I could just gush about Hey Cinderella for the next hour and a half, maybe like just some of the energy will be released into the world. <laughs> I mean, I'm ready. I, I I am happy to listen to to you gush about this movie. All right. Well, it's be, cute as heck. Before we get into that, I I do want to give a little bit of background for this one. Um, so Hey Cinderella, this was actually filmed in Toronto, Canada. Uh, so another fun little Canadian production. Hey. Um, so this was filmed in the fall of 1968, with the film later debuting on Canadian television in early 1969, and it released nice. uh, in the USA a year later, which is notable because Sesame Street premiered in late 1969. So Hey Cinderella actually predates Sesame Street by just a little bit. Oh. And uh, another fun fact is, according to the Muppet Wiki, this is apparently the first time that Kermit introduces himself 
as a frog. Because uh, when Kermit was first created, he was just kind of this generic, vaguely lizard-like thing. He didn't get uh, his flippered feet and his collar until later. So, um, Oh. It does say on the Muppet Wiki that there were interviews in the mid-60s that start to refer to Kermit as a frog, but it sounds like Hey Cinderella is the first instance of Kermit introducing himself to the audience as Kermit the Frog. Huh. That's neat. It's the start of a legend. I I didn't realize he wasn't always just a frog. Yeah, it was, um, I think it was Sam and Friends is the old uh, production that Jim Henson created Kermit for. And they were just, they, I, it's you should l- look up the old, like the original Kermit. Because he is just this vaguely something. Like he doesn't <laughs> really have a defined... He's like Kermit shaped, but not actually a Kermit. <laughs> Yeah, and it's, I don't know, it's just, it's, I, I and, and we'll get into this in discussion, but this, I, I just find it fascinating to see the early Oh, he's Kermit. just sort of long. Yeah. And he's got, like, little, like, like, just little, like, nub feet. Yeah, they just kind of end. Um, yeah. Little stubbies. That's wild. Like, he's still got the, like, the head is the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the head and interestingly the eyes are yeah. like, the, the very distinct pupil shape. It's also, oh, no, he's not as big as I thought he was. He's just a regular Kermit size. Yeah. Interesting. Sorry for our, our, yeah, this plays really well for our audio podcast as I look up images and just talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, no. Everybody, as you're listening, as you're listening, go look up, go go look up the original Kermit. Because I don't know, I find I find it so again, just so interesting to see. That's so interesting, yeah. The journey of Kermit, even in this special, to see the older style Kermit, where he is more polished than the Sam and Friends version, but mm-hmm. compared to the modern day Kermit, it's just, it's I don't know, it's like Kermit's awkward puberty. Oh. Oh, man. Yeah. With that, I think it is time for us to go through the summary for this one. Please take us away, Christy. All right. So let's get into it. This is the plot summary for Jim Henson's Hey, Cinderella. Once upon a time, once upon a time, waiting to be told was a lovely story. Once upon a time and very far away lived Cinderella and her stepfamily. While Cinderella herself is very sweet and charming, her stepfamily is not. Cinderella's stepmother keeps Cinderella constantly busy making up chores for her, going so far as to order her to go outside and find a muddy garden so that she can track the mud back into their kitchen, also that Cinderella can scrub the floor after. Do you think you can do that? Yes, stepmother. And take that crummy dog with you. Six muddy feet are better than two. Cinderella takes her dog Rufus with her, and they set off to find a muddy garden. At the nearby castle, the king, out of boredom, decides to liven things up by pushing his son, Prince Arthur, to get married. The king will hold a ball and invite all the princesses in the land for Arthur to pick from. We'll make it a masked ball. 
Isn't that a fun idea? A mask ball? But if everyone's wearing a mask, how will I know what Miss Girl of My Dreams looks like? Oh, you don't know the first thing about mask balls. Point is, at the last stroke of midnight, everybody takes off their masks and gets acquainted. It's a great icebreaker. But you really think... I don't think, son. I decree. And I decree that tomorrow evening, there will be a masked ball at the palace, and the door prize will be you. Swell. Arthur is not pleased. He goes out into the garden in his work clothes to explain the situation to his friend, Kermit the Frog. In Arthur's experience, all of the princesses are stuck up. Arthur wishes he could meet one girl who wasn't stuck up, someone who didn't know him. There's nothing that'll make a girl stuck up faster than if she's able to say that she personally knows a prince. And they all personally know me. I personally know you, and I'm not stuck up. Yeah, but you're not a girl. I know I'm a frog. You don't have to keep reminding me. Who should arrive soon after but Cinderella, who, in her quest to find a mudded garden, stumbles into Arthur. Cinderella introduces herself and, seeing Arthur in his overalls, assumes that he must be a gardener. Arthur is elated to find a woman who doesn't recognize him, and immediately asks if Cinderella would want to come to the ball. When Cinderella points out to him that she would need a personal invitation to the ball, Arthur excuses himself for a moment to rush off to see the king. The king is with Lord Featherstone working on the wording for the invitations, trying to work in a suggestion that guests bring him a gift. Arthur rushes up, and while the king is initially hesitant to invite the common folk to the ball, he changes his mind when he realizes that he'll get more presents if he invites more people. Arthur rushes off to tell Cinderella the good news. After doing so, Arthur also realizes that, because it's going to be a masked ball, he and Cinderella won't be able to recognize each other. Kermit gives Arthur the idea to give Cinderella a geranium, telling her that he'll wear one too, and that way they'll be able to recognize each other. Cinderella agrees to the plan, and she and Arthur part ways, confident that they'll be seeing each other at the ball the next night. Unbeknownst to them, Lord Featherstone suggests to the king that if he's expecting gifts from all of his guests, it's only fair for him to give them something in return. See, something really cheap, but still something nice. Hey, I got it. Right down there in the royal garden. Featherstone, when each guest comes in and hands you their present for me, Take it and give them, with my compliments, a geranium. The next night at Cinderella's house, Stepmother and her daughters gleefully prepare for the ball. Cinderella meekly asks permission to go with them, and Stepmother laughs at her and tells Cinderella that she can only go to the ball if she finds herself a dress, a coach, and a driver for the coach. Cinderella sadly realizes that she'll never be able to get any of those items, so she goes to sit by the fire and wistfully dream about dancing at the ball. Cinderella begins to cry, and her tears summon her fairy godmother. You really are a fairy godmother, but why are you here? Because you cried. Whenever you cry, I know you need me and I appear. Well, I've cried lots of times and you never appeared before. Oh, well, I've been awfully busy. Fairy Godmother declares that Cinderella shall go to the ball, thanks to her magic wand. After Stepmother and her daughters leave for the ball, Fairy Godmother gets to work. She conjures up a beautiful dress for Cinderella, complete with a pair of glass slippers. The coach is a bit trickier, but Fairy Godmother manages to make one appear once she remembers the right words. As for the horses... Fairy Godmother decides to take the easy way out and just go rent some. 
Fairy Godmother ends up sweet-talking Kermit into acting as driver, though he refuses to be turned into a human to do so. Who ever heard of a frog driving a coach? Take it or leave it. I turn your back into a frog right after the ball. I know your work, lady. And frankly, I wouldn't want to chance it. After a small mishap with the horses and Kermit's monster friend Splurge, Cinderella is off to the ball, with Fairy Godmother coming along to make sure she leaves by midnight when her spell will end. Arthur is waiting inside, where he's made the unfortunate discovery that all the guests have been given geraniums. Arthur tries to keep a lookout for Cinderella in her shabby dress, and Cinderella tries to spark Arthur the gardener. Cinderella and Arthur run into each other at the ball, but they don't recognize each other with their masks on. They make small talk and end up dancing, all while trying to keep an eye out for their respective dates. They do find that they enjoy each other's company, but then the clock strikes 12 and Cinderella has to flee the ball. She does so, leaving behind her glass slipper, which Arthur steps on and breaks. The next day, the king decides that Arthur will marry the girl he danced with at the ball. They put an ad in the paper saying that if the mysterious princess at the ball would make herself known, she'll get to marry the prince. Cinderella sees this ad, but because her heart is set on marrying Arthur the gardener, she refuses to come forward. Months pass with no response, and the king decides that they'll scour the countryside to find a princess with one glass slipper. Now most people have no glass slippers, and there may be one or two with two glass slippers. But I bet you she's the only princess around with one glass slipper. So, Arthur, I'm issuing you a search warrant. I want you to search the house of every princess around until you find that other glass slipper. I don't care if it takes three months. More time passes, and with no luck searching the most obvious places for a princess to be, the king declares that they'll search the least obvious places. When Cinderella hears about this, she realizes that they'll likely search her home and find the glass slipper, which would mean she'd have to marry the prince. Cinderella tells Rufus to go bury her remaining glass slipper, and just in the nick of time too, as who should appear on her doorstep but Arthur. Cinderella is overjoyed to be reunited with Arthur, and is shocked to find out that he and the prince are one and the same. Cinderella happily announces that she's the mysterious princess, but realizes that she gave away her proof, and, what's more, Rufus can't remember where he buried it. With no one to vouch for her side of the story, Cinderella begins to cry, which makes her fairy godmother reappear. Fairy godmother tries to use her magic to give Cinderella back her beautiful dress, but only succeeds in making Cinderella disappear. Just then, Kermit and Splurge appear at Cinderella's door, with a complaint that Rufus has been burying stuff in Splurge's garden, namely Cinderella's glass slipper. Soon after, Fairy Godmother manages to correct her spell, and Cinderella reappears in her beautiful gown. Oh, Arthur, I still can't believe it. Now what can't you believe? That all our troubles are over and that we're going to live happily ever after. Ah, I could have solved this whole thing months ago, but who listens to a frog? With her identity now firmly confirmed, the film draws to a close ending on a scene of Kermit being invited to Cinderella and Arthur's wedding. To Kermit the Frog, you are personally invited to a royal wedding at the palace. Bring a present for the king. How's that for happily ever after? Yeesh. The end. The end. Oh. So yeah, it's 
it's it's pretty much it's largely the same as like well it's a, it's mostly the same as a, your your regular Cinderella story but there's there's little touches that are really cute like the whole Arthur like being a gardener and running into Cinderella at, at the beginning and just being like oh shit she doesn't know who I am she's not going to be like all up her own ass about about talking to a prince that's fun mm-hmm. yeah there's it's there's just that muppet touch to this whole film where yeah. as you said they hit the main points but it's it's this the stuff they do to get to those points where they add that just that that certain quality to it that's just so much charm to it um like Cinderella and and Arthur themselves um I love them so much they are so they're they're kind of dim-witted to be <laughs> honest well yeah but it's I feel like that's just more of an attribution to like this is writing for kids like they're mm-hmm. they're just they're meant to be kind of goofy and like and yeah. not not super serious smart characters yeah that's that's a good way to put it because this is definitely aimed for younger audiences i think and yet yeah. there oh yeah there there is still such a sincerity to how they play their roles like they're they're both very straight-faced which i think is exactly the thing you need in a muppet movie because they have to deliver a lot of really corny lines and yeah other actors would be tempted to lean into that corniness and go way too far with it or they'd go the other way and would put a lot of sarcasm into it which would ruin the sweetness of these two characters yeah but no this is just they just they play it I feel like the yeah the, the exact balance that it needs to be at for for not only like because it's for kids but also they have to act with muppets and it's like <laughs> you know it's it's really good I think I think this is like my my favorite way people act in muppet movies is that they the people in the movies play it so straight-faced that they become silly by doing so. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it just means that the Muppets, who are by nature these weird, silly creatures, become the most normal things in the movie. Because yeah. they're the only one that are they're the only ones that are reacting to the situation in a realistic way. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's such a it's an interesting sort of balance to hit and it mm. works really well yeah and they're just i don't know cinderella and arthur are just they're just cute together they're just cute they're cute i love when they first meet we get the big the stereotypical that na 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 like that kind of <laughs> I, I'm sure there's like a name for it, but it's that like that romantic swell of music that it's love at first sight. She just barged into the castle garden and accidentally shoved the crown prince over. Well, she was and- tromping through the through the the garden. Yeah, in the dirt. Cinderella again it's like it's such a weird silly 
thing to do. She just like barges into somebody's backyard, basically, and just starts stomping through their garden. <laughs> oh, it's great. Oh, it's very yeah, it's it's very silly. Oh, I love it. This this is the thing, is that this this entire podcast, take a shot every time I say I love it. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> You're gonna get drunk. We don't want we don't want our entire listening audience to perish. Oh God! I'll try. I'll Christy. try. I'll try and tone it down, but I'm not making any promises. Listen, this is this is these are the tra- this is the training exercise before we get to the Frog Prince. Oh God! That one, I don't know. That movie it has such a it's just deep in my heart. <laughs> I don't know why I love it so much, but I do. So that one is just that. That will be probably me saying I love this. I just love this. 5,000 times a minute. So that's, It'll that's just be an year. hour of you just, I love it. Uh, just an hour of me talking about how much I love Robin and Sweetums. Oh my god. Aww. Oh, Robin's the best <laughs> puppet. Oh. oh. So this is, when you originally were talking about this to me, I forgot that it was um from the 60s for some reason yeah. my brain said oh the 80s but then i started watching this i'm like this is pre this is much older mm-hmm. this i i was probably like an adult when i found out that this was from the 60s because i remember watching this again on vhs in my grandma's basement and so i guess i always just assumed that it was made during the 90s it's like nope nope sure the heck wasn't um and i don't know it's it's definitely obvious in hindsight if anything just because kermit is really the he, he like he's the only like major muppet to appear in this and i think that's true just by, nature of i don't think they really had established the other muppets at this point like i i'm not again i'm not like the biggest um, muppet historian yeah so i i kind of know vaguely that uh, obviously this predates the muppet show by a fair bit um i know that like i think soon after this the puppet that would go on to be gonzo is created oh they like because they they kind of did a few of these um kind of experimental specials. Uh, so there's one that's called the Great Santa Claus Switch, and there's a a puppet in that. Uh, I forget what his name is in the special, but he's he's basically he's Gonzo's head, but in a box. Oh, like he just he just like you open up the box and here's this little you know that Gonzo silhouette, that big yeah. curly nose of his. I feel like I've seen this. But it's like, it's the kind of memory that you have when you're like remembering a dream or a nightmare. I feel like I've seen this. <laughs> like you, you just, you maybe saw it once, but then it, I don't know, it just stayed forever. S- sunk into your subconsciousness. <laughs> God. Yeah. I just, I think this is, this is a fun special for me to watch as, as an adult because I I think, especially with this one, you can really get a sense of how the sausage was made. Um, 
Like, just, like, small stuff, like, like, being able to realize how they're managing to hide the performers. Like, that's something that I never really thought of as a kid. Um, oh, no, yeah. Like, uh, in, Ar- in Arthur's garden, there's just this big well, and that's where Kermit always sits. And, of course, thinking about it now, Jim Henson is crouched in that well. And he's <laughs> just got his, his hand up. Probably can't see at all. No. Or there's maybe, if if he's lucky, there's... I know in later Muppet productions, they would have television monitors that they could look down at. But I don't know if they would have that technology at this point in time. At this point, yeah. So it's probably just Jim Henson with his arm up and just, you know, playing Kermit as best as he can while trying not to be seen by the camera. That's amazing. Or like even uh, how the stepsisters in this move, um, because they are they're sharing, <laughs> they're they're sharing the stage with human actors, and so you can just picture um, so their their performers Jerry Nelson and Frank Oz just having to like I don't know maybe like shuffle out on their knees anytime they have to go on and off screen. Yeah, they're just like crouching down below frame and just with their mm. arms up. Yeah, and they probably, like, because the, the stepsisters have dresses, so I imagine the dresses are going over them and obscuring them slightly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, those poor men. There's, I, oh, there, man. I feel bad for anyone who does puppet puppeteering or, like, the puppet performers because that can't, you probably are in the most uncomfortable positions for so long. Oh, God. Yeah. Like, uh, when Kermit is driving the carriage, um, Jim Henson is probably, like, awkwardly crammed into that carriage with his arm in a hole sticking out so that he could, he could puppet Kermit who's sitting on that little, like, ledge. Oh, oh, I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, eh? Oh my god, yeah. That's amazing. Just, I love that. Again, I just, it's getting to realize, getting getting to see this stuff as an adult. I don't know. It's, I feel like there are some people, they don't like thinking about this because for them it spoils the magic. But for me, it just enhances it. Just being able to, like, puzzle out, like, how did they, how did they accomplish this shot? Well, and there's something just, there's something about Muppets. Specifically, I feel like the the Jim Henson Muppets. Something about them is like, I I can't remember what it was. So I'm I might be talking out my butt, but like I think I saw this thing recently about how like people will forget that there's a performer when they're talking to Muppets, and yeah. they'll just like talk directly to Kermit, or <laughs> or yeah. like I can't remember. It was like one story about how they couldn't figure out why why Kermit's audio was so bad and it turned out they mic'd up the puppet instead of the performer like <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> they, they they kept putting the mic towards Kermit and not yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome I, I, I think I, I've seen I, I know that there's an interview with Jim Henson where he talks about that and he like he's he's got Kermit right beside him and it is just like this weird there's just like a magnetism to the Muppets where as soon as they start moving, you pay attention to them. Yeah. It's, and it's like the, the talent of the performers to make them be like, this, this is a little thing and it's alive and yeah. don't worry about it. 
your brain just accepts this. My my favorite thing, one of my favorite things about the Muppets is how they will stay in character. And I feel like that helps contribute yes. to that feeling that they're they're alive, that they're like actors. Uh there's my favorite um so the the bloopers for Muppet Christmas Carol. Yes, the Emmett Otter. <laughs> oh, and that's mom. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, sorry. Yeah, yeah so yes. Yeah, so oh there's... no, yes. Sorry, that's two different ones. Yes, yeah. I, uh, yeah, okay. I... Well, Christmas Carol, go. Sorry. <laughs> I got <laughs> no. too excited. No, those we'll we'll talk about those two, because I, I did want to bring those up. Uh, but yeah, so Muppet Christmas Carol, those bloopers. There's a part where Gonzo, so Gonzo as Charles Dickens, he's got a grappling hook and he's like swinging it and he throw he goes to throw it. But in the bloopers, he he throws it and just whips himself in the head with the hook. <laughs> and he just, he, he hits himself and then he just, oh, and he just kind of collapses over. <laughs> and then Rizzo is there and he starts, Rizzo starts screaming for help. And oh it's my just god. The, it's the funniest fucking thing to me. I can, I swear to god, that, that, when that clip comes up on Twitter, I sit there and I just watch that bit on loop because Gonzo oh. beating himself in the head with the hook and playing it as though it's real is just the funniest thing oh it's so good just Rizzo sounds like legitimately distressed oh my god it's so funny oh so good but yes you you were talking about the uh, the bloopers for the the uh, Emmett Otter's Jug Band yes. Christmas special yeah. yes so <laughs> where those... they're trying to get the 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 <laughs> The, the drum, drum yeah. to fall exactly how they want it. <laughs> yeah, so for those, it takes forever. It's just it's Emmett and his mom standing on on the sidewalk, and just this drum comes rolling out, and it's supposed to just like hit something and then perfectly land in the shot. And it's just it's it's Frank Oz as the mom and uh, and Jerry Nelson as as Emmett and they're just slowly losing their mind as they do shot over sh- after shot <laughs> and it's just the stupid drum just <laughs> will not land oh and like the puppets they're just like talking to each other in character with these puppets like it's so good yeah oh, I love it oh and best <laughs> So the puppets in this movie, I feel like you can really feel like a lot of them feel like they are old designs, mm-hmm. especially like I think the king and um, his secretary Featherstone. man, Featherstone. Yeah. Um, they just they feel old. They feel a little weird. Yeah, they are. Um, So I, I know the king. Which they are old. They should feel old because. Yeah. Like they're from the sixties, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But y- yeah, and um, the king, I I think Featherstone as well. But I know I I was kind of looking up Muppet Wiki when uh was doing like the write up for this one, and the king, he was made for. So they they tried to do a previous series called Tales of Tinker D, and it was like just kind of a fantasy comedy series, and so the king was made for that originally and oh so his name is actually king gosh posh <laughs> okay yeah so his um 
so he he he's kind of reused a few times because he actually he gets reused as the king in the Frog Prince as well, and there he's called oh. King Rupert the Second. So I as as a kid, that's what I always thought his name was, but no, officially he's his puppet is King Goshposh. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so they were made for that. It it the pilot didn't get picked up, um, so ah. they just they kind of just decided to reuse the uh, the puppets. That and... makes sense. They're huge puppets. Like they're very mm-hmm. very big. They're yeah. person sized essentially. Yeah, like they I like Jim Henson is inside King Goshposh, like crouching. Yeah. Which um, is very, because when you see King Goshposh sitting in his throne near the beginning and you see just the human legs coming out from underneath the puppet, it's like, ah! <laughs> Excuse <yeah>. me? <laughs> it's it's kind of like the Swedish chef where he, he would have the human hands. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's very strange. <laughs> There's also there's also like a band when they're at the ball oh, where they're just God. humans, but with like muppet masks like muppet heads on and yeah. they're really uncanny yeah they're <laughs> like a little... they're really kind of uncomfortable to look at yeah they're they're a little creepy and like the music they're playing doesn't help too because it's kind of like disjointed sounding oh yeah so... well the editing in that like all the music editing in that whole sequence is really bad yeah <laughs> Because every time it's focused on on Cinderella and the prince, it's one song, and then they'll cut back to the band, and it's a different song, and then they'll cut over to other people at the party, and it's a third song, and then but then every time they, it's not all in sequence. It's they they're cutting back and forth between all these different scenes, but yeah. they're not doing any kind of transition with the music, so it's like. It'll just, one scene will stop and then the music cuts off. And then it's yeah. a different song. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. A but. little, it's like a little, like, subconsciously unnerving, that whole sequence. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's not bad. It's just, like, you could, it feels just, you know, old mm-hmm. editing. <laughs> yeah. I I feel like the stuff with the, the fairy godmother in, like, the first half of the film, that also feels a little yeah. disjointed. Yeah, um, there's a lot of, like, scene transitions are extremely disjointed, basically throughout the whole thing. Yeah. And and with the with the fairy godmother, so we, like, she's actually, like, the first character we see in this, because we, uh, she's in a nightclub, and yeah. she's basically, like, performing, and, and her, her act is to change a pumpkin into a coach, but she can't, she can't remember how to do it so she keeps turning the pumpkin into random objects all while the crowd is booing her um yeah it's like a weird like running gag that just keeps popping up yeah it's weird but it'll just it'll happen every so often we'll just cut back to fairy godmother in the nightclub and she'll be doing another failed magic act which that is that is such a hard to please crowd because if i saw somebody turn a pumpkin into a payphone, I'd still be pretty impressed. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> but yeah, it's the editing is a little strange. Uh, of course, the the payoff to all of that is Fairy Godmother gets summoned to Cinderella's house, and she tries to convince Cinderella to not bother with the coach. Uh, but of course, she, you know, is pressed to do it and manages to pull it off and makes the coach appear from the pumpkin. Um, but she does it inside of Cinderella's kitchen, 
Yeah. Um, which leads to just like a, a great little moment where after we see the fairy godmother go and convince Kermit to be the driver, we just, we cut back to Cinderella and Rufus and they're just very nonchalantly pushing the coach out of the kitchen. <laughs> it's very and, funny. Yeah, it's just, it's, I, I, again, I just, I love it. It's just little stuff like that. It's just so dumb, but it just, it works perfectly somehow. <laughs> also, Rufus the dog. Mm-hmm. Why, why does the dog just go... <laughs> Yeah, he like he hisses. He doesn't. This um, dog doesn't bark at all in the movie. He just goes. Yeah, it's like kinda, it's, why is the dog's too? What that dog doing? Like what's I, going on? It's I don't know why. It's just I love it. It's, <laughs> he's so he's he's a Rufus is a little ha- he's a live hand puppet. Um, so like ba- like he he has like a glove that you the the performer puts her hand into. Mm-hmm. Um, and I point that out because there's one moment where af- the stepmother uh, cheeses him off and he shakes his little furry fist at her. <laughs> and it's yeah. Just, I don't know why. Just like that little action. It's just. Uh, it's it's so, very. So, <laughs> I love it. It's so silly. A little furry shakes his little furry fist at her. <laughs> well, they also have like a second puppet because there's like a marionette version of it whenever they have to show him <laughs> yes. moving. And it's just like Uh, wiggling around. It's it's very good because I think I had a like not a big one, but I had a little marionette dog puppet when I was a kid. It was like one of those ones you could get at like Spencer's Gifts or something back in the the like Mm nineties. And uh, I was like, I recognize the movement of that because it's just like a sort of like galumphing. Yeah, like rocking emotion that you do. <laughs> very, very floaty. Yeah. So any, oh, if yeah. You, when you see Cinderella and Rufus in a long shot, it'll it's a little marionette, and it's, I it's so funny because I so again as we mentioned, I'm all about labyrinth. That is my peak Jim Henson interest. Um, and in my head, I had assumed that they would do something similar to what they did for Ambrosius in Labyrinth, who Ambrosius mm-hmm. was Sir Didymus's little sheepdog uh, mount. That yes. Depending on the shot, Ambrosius would either be played by a puppet or an actual dog. So in my head, I, I was like, oh yeah, they just use a real dog here. But instead... <laughs> Instead, you just you see that floaty Rufus marionette just wobbling and floating along. <laughs> oh, and it's it's just adorable. It's great. God. I don't know why. It didn't even occur to me that they should have used a real dog. I was just like, I accept this. I accept this floating marionette dog. This is fine. I they again. They just must not. I'm sure there was no budget for this. Um, oh no. God no. Like there's um kind of on 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 the subject of the Emmett Otter bloopers, how they just kept reshooting that over and over to try and get that perfect shot. Um there was one shot in this in Hey Cinderella that made me think of Emmett Otter because uh so but there's a calendar on the wall and the wind will blow off pages off of the calendar to show how much time is passing. And the last time we see the calendar, we're given the joke set up by the king, and he says, we'll search around until 
um, we find the glass slipper, I don't care if it takes three months. And then we cut to the calendar and it says June and the wind starts to blow. And you can see that there are three pages, but June and July come off at the same time. So it jumps straight to August. And then there's the, <laughs> this final gag of the calendar falling off the wall. And it just kind of stuck out to me because um, it just feels like they probably wanted each page to come off separately. <laughs> But yeah. the page, the pages flew off the way they did, and Jim Henson himself probably was like, "Oh yeah, that's fine. Like we'll go." Yeah, with that's it. fine. Fuck it. That's, and that then, works. And then contrast to Emmett Otter, where <laughs> they, I, I forget how many times they fucking shot that. Oh scene. my god! An ungodly amount of time where it was like, no, it must land in this specific spot in this specific way. <laughs> Oh, I forget when Emmett Otter. I gotta look this up. 1977. Okay, so less than 10 years from Hey Cinderella to Emmett Otter. Wow. That's But that's also, like, that at that point, the Muppet Show had been established for a while, so. Yeah, again, it's just, it's the growth, I think, is the best. Yeah. The, The growth... From this point and and seeing where the Muppets would go, it's amazing. Fantastic. What else is this? Oh, we should probably talk about um how much everybody hates frogs, or at least how everybody hates Kermit. I was just gonna say, why like everyone's like they're so mean to Kermit. <laughs> it's Did not it it really ain't easy being green. Like he's having a rough no, time. It's not. It's everybody hates Kermit. Like Kermit appears to be Arthur's close friend, close friend, if not best friend. And the king specifically tells Arthur that no frogs are allowed at the ball. He doesn't like Arthur associating with Kermit. And the king even goes so far as to write on the invitation that no frogs are allowed because he's worried that Arthur is going to try and sneak Kermit in. And so he's like, I got to stop this. No, no frogs at my ball. It's like, why? What's wrong with frogs? He's so... He's just a chill little frog. It's it's Kermit. Everybody... It's it's so funny to watch this and know how beloved Kermit is now. (laughs) (laughs) Because even... It's not even just the king. It's like... um, like the everybody kind of treats Kermit kind of like disrespectfully. Yeah, and Kermit yeah. kind of talks about I don't know, like the way he talks. It's like he spent his entire life having to deal with bullshit. <laughs> like he's he's just used to it. He's used he's to just, this treatment. He's had it rough. It's it really ain't easy. No, but yeah, it's just like at one point, yeah. What is it? He's talking to Cinderella, and he's like, "I I don't I don't remember what the conversation is." But he's like, "Oh, who listens to a frog anyway?" And she's like, "Yeah, true." You know, no one's ever invited me to a party before. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Oh, think nothing of it. People always interrupt me. No, really. What were you about to say? Oh, forget it. You wouldn't have believed me anyway. Why not? Who listens to a frog? True. She's just like, yeah, that's fair. No one listens to a frog. Yeah, she's like, true. Just not not a hint of meanness in her. 
but just very matter of frockly, yeah, no one listens to frogs. Yeah. I don't know, don't listen to a frog. That even even before that, I there's I don't know, I get I just love I love this is Kermit's about to spill the beans to Cinderella that Arthur's a prince, and so Arthur just shoves him into the well. He just tells, yeah. shut up, frog. <laughs> and it's just great because this, Arthur apologizes after to Kermit and tells him that he had to give him a hint, a hint to not reveal who he was to Cinderella. And Kermit replies, you call shut up, frog, a hint? <laughs> It's like, yeah, that was rude. He's got a point. Man. Arthur. Respect the frog. What's wrong with you? And, and then has... he gives he gives him the idea for the geraniums. Yeah. And Arthur takes credit for it. Yeah. Don't even, don't, doesn't give any credit to Kermit. Kermit I, Kermit's so interesting in this because he's very like, I don't know, he's got like middle-aged dad energy. <laughs> Where, he really, he, yeah, he does. He, I think he like he sees again. He's he, he's like one of the weird things in this movie. He's a talking frog, and yet he's like the most responsible person in this. Yeah, um, he's <laughs> he's normal he, ass man. Yeah, and he sees all of the shenanigans that are starting with Arthur not telling Cinderella who he is, and he tries to like intervene and put a stop to it he tries to tell cinderella like twice and just gets shut down and he just kind of like reluctantly like kind of goes along with fairy godmother's thing um helps cinderella out as the driver uh and then at, at the end after cinderella and arthur are reunited kermit pops in and he says i could have solved this whole thing months ago but who listens to a frog and it, Poor it's Kermit. Just, <laughs> it's so good. When he said that, when he pointed it out, it was like, oh yeah, I guess Kermit just just had this information for literally ha- like half a year. Yeah. He, he could have told, he probably did try and tell Arthur this, but <laughs> Arthur kept shooting him down. You guys need to learn to listen to frogs. Yeah, he's like, what the hell? Lists, Nobody listens to me, so why bother? I guess these these kids are gonna have to figure it out for themselves. Man, gotta listen to frogs. Yeah. <laughs> At least he has splooge. Oh my god, that's it was, it's so it's, it's just like a big old grimace monster. Yeah. Splurge is this big purple monster that I guess is just Kermit's friend in this. Um, yeah, he's like, he's one of those, he's, he, he's, he's like a puppet. A, he's like the full body, like big giant, seven yeah, exactly. foot tall he, he's, puppets. He's kind of like, like Big Bird or Sweetums. The, yeah. And he's just, he's terrifying. <laughs> and he fucking loves radishes. Yeah. That's it. That's all you know about. That's all you know, need to know about Splurge. He's big. He's purple. He fucking he's, loves radishes. He's got a deep, creaky voice. And I, I remember as a kid, I was really like creeped out by Splurge. Oh, fair. <laughs> like just something in my brain was just like, no, this is not. This is not a good Muppet. 
I don't know. It's just something something about him. Um, well, he's he's really creepy. And then like at the ball, there's another one that's just not mentioned. That's like a similar but smaller puppet, like giant <laughs> puppet like that. But it's like, mm-hmm. and they're just not even. What? Why are? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I don't do- like it. I do really love how um, the king reacts to Splurge at the ball. Yeah. Because, again, the king the king was so all about keeping Kermit out that he... Like, that's all he cared about, just no frogs at the ball. And so Splurge shows up, and the king is just like, Oh, okay, uh, I, I made an error here. Um, like, even he engages Splurge in conversation a bit, like, to feel him out. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, no, I, uh, next time I have a ball, gonna have no splurges either. Are you sure I sent you an invitation? Everyone was invited except frogs. That's true. I'm not a frog. You got a point there. I gotta be more specific with my invites. Yeah. I can't, I can't just say everyone's invited except frogs. <laughs> Maybe let the frog in next time. Yeah, I do like, I'm glad that Kermit got invited to the wedding, at least. Yeah. I mean, if they didn't invite Kermit to the wedding, it'd just <laughs> so, be the worst. That almost, oh, maybe they, sh- that would have been funny, actually, if that's the note they left on. Like, Kermit's <laughs> reading an invite to the ball, and then it says, P.S. No frogs. Or, an invite to the wedding, and it says, P.S. No frogs. P.S. No frogs, and he's just like, well, how's that for gratitude? Yeah! Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Can we go back in time? Suggest that to We gotta go back to 1969. Nice. Oh, God. My parents would have been so young. <laughs> Man. This one this one was hard to come up with notes for, because again, I, I feel like just a lot of a lot of my enjoyment of this film was just like, oh, that was a funny joke, or oh, that was a really funny moment. Yeah, it's just it's just a sweet little little watch. Did you did you catch that they're apparently they're renting the castle? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a bit of sung narration in the beginning where they talk about how the castle is in the heart of the low rent district. Yeah, <laughs> I, I kind of assumed that was just a one off gag. But then when Arthur is talking to Kermit about the garden, he mentions how the geraniums were planted by the people they rented the castle from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but it's great. Like, uh, all of the sung narration at the beginning is just, it's its funny. It's that Muppet humor. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. It's like a long, else? long time ago. Maybe it was last Thursday or yeah. something like that. And it's like... Maybe oh. last Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what else did I like? I loved how... So the, the king is talking about his plan to search all of the princesses to see which one has a single glass slipper. And he rationalizes that most people will have no glass slippers. Some people might have two glass slippers... But only one person will have one single glass slipper. And if and if you look, you can see Arthur, he's counting on his fingers and he's trying to follow, <laughs> he's trying to follow the logic. He's very genuinely like, oh 
Oh, and I love it. I guess that makes sense. It's like, what? Oh, I see. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Yeah, just the sincerity with with which he plays this sort of dopey prince Mm -hmm. is really good. So good. Oh. The uh, I I remember the moment that I laughed the hardest as as a kid uh, was Featherstone getting stabbed by the dart. Oh God! <laughs> he just the kid is playing darts <laughs> when he first appears and he throws it. He just stabs Featherstone in the chest. <laughs> it's just he just sort of pulls it out. Like yeah. oh man! Like thank God I'm a Muppet. Yeah, jeez. And the king doesn't even notice. The king doesn't have eyes. It's fine. No. All he, just has, he just has one big fluffy unibrow. It's amazing you can see anything. Mm-hmm. And and he has uh, he has this cigar that Yeah, he's just... like a cigar hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> yeah, and in some scenes there's smoke pouring out of it. Yeah. I wonder how they got that effect. Yeah. Like was was Jim Henson just like chain smoking underneath the <laughs> God, oh, I... Well, because it does look like it's coming from the end of the cigar. So maybe there's, like, a tube or something going from into the cigar down in the puppet's mouth. Oh, maybe... Because, yeah, the, the cigar is, like, attached to the bottom jaw. Yeah. So maybe... Oh, maybe. Because I know... God, I, I wonder who I could ask about this. I'm so curious now. Because... I know nowadays you could do, like, small f- smoke machines, but I don't know what they would have done in the, in 1969. Huh. Oh, I need a Muppet historian. Help! Help! If anyone so- out there is a Muppet historian, please mm-hmm. contact Christy. Please let me know how the cigar worked. I know, because he, when he appears as King Rupert in, uh, in the frog prince, he doesn't have the cigar, and he, he has like, uh, a strip of hair around the back of his head. Oh, they kind of so alter him slightly. Yeah, at least uh, at least for the frog prince, they did. I think Featherstone at one point too got an upgrade. I don't remember if it was for the frog prince, but I, again, I was just kind of cruising on the uh, the Muppet Wiki so, <laughs> a little bit, scoping things out. So, uh, to point out some of the actors in this one, uh, so Cinderella is played by Belinda Montgomery, and Arthur is played by Robin Ward. They, along with Joyce Gordon, who played Fairy Godmother, are all Canadian. Wow. Yeah. Nice. And, uh, Pat Galloway, who played the stepmother, she's, she's like the sole non-Canadian in the, in the human cast, so she's from the UK originally. Oh yeah, I noticed that she had she has a slight accent. I don't know if she was trying to like play it down maybe a little bit, but maybe to try and blend in a bit better. But uh I admittedly don't recognize the majority of Belinda Montgomery's filmography. I think the people who appeared in the special were a little before our time. Uh, yeah. But- but I was I was surprised to see that she voiced the female love interest in a film that I've mentioned very briefly in a previous episode, uh, that oh. being Richard Rich's The Scarecrow. 
Um, oh! Yeah, that's that's the old Richard Rich film with a scarecrow who has a magic dance. Huh. And that was that was really what a su- weird connection. <laughs> yeah, it was really surprising to me because she, uh, like I, I had to look it up because that's like a huge amount of time. Like uh, uh, the scarecrow was from I think two thousand or two thousand and one, something right around oh, there. Oh man, yeah. So, so I think when I looked it up, I I did the math, and she would have been around fifty when she. Oh did wow! That role, yeah. That's awesome. I I actually went and I rewatched the Scarecrow as a result. <laughs> I I was trying to like pick it out and it doesn't it doesn't really sound like her to me, but it's in the credits and it's on her Wikipedia page and huh. so I it's hard to tell because she was I think she was around 18, 19 when she did Hey Cinderella. So it might just be in addition to her doing a voice uh, for the scarecrow, oh, yeah. might have just been age, or yeah, that makes may- sense. Maybe also the VHS quality of the movie that we had to, to listen to. Yeah, yeah, it's a little, uh, little, little, little on the um old VHS mm-hmm. quality side. Yes, and we'll we'll get into that in a bit, but uh, we'll we'll continue going through the the actors for this one. There's also so Robin Ward, who again played Arthur. Um, again, I don't recognize the majority of his roles. Although, fun fact is that he apparently was a weatherman for a bit in the eighties and nineties in Toronto. Really? That would have blown my mind as a kid if I saw that. <gasps> just see <laughs> Prince just Arthur like, as the weatherman. <laughs> yeah, I probably would have just been like, "Why is this guy familiar to me?" And of course, back <laughs> back in the nineties, it's not like we could just look stuff up on IMDb. So I would have just been very like confused like like just who big. is that yeah like what's driving me nuts oh the days the days before Bef- before the internet before the internet having the internet at your fingertips oh so joyce gordon uh the fairy godmother once again don't recognize the majority of her roles but I, I wanted to mention her because I was really surprised to see that she wasn't an established comedian before this film. This is like one of her really? early... Really? Yeah, this is like one of her early film roles. And I think I had assumed based on how the later Muppet movies were, on how they they would always have famous actors in cameo roles. I kind of just assumed that that's what they did in Hey Cinderella as well. Like there's just something about her line delivery... That made me feel like, oh yeah, she's like, she's probably this established, well-known actress or comedian from the 60s, and I just don't know who she is. Yeah, uh, that's definitely the vibe I also got. I do love huh. her. She's just kind of like, I don't know, she's, again, she's charming and she's wacky, and she, she's also- she's she's probably the one that's playing it up the most, too. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like I, I think it works because it's like she yeah. she knows that she has to perform for these people. So she's like, oh, I'm, you know, let me perform magic for you, Cinderella. This is my job. Yeah. And uh, getting into some of the Muppet performers here. So Jim Henson, of course, voices and performs Kermit. Uh, he also performs the king. Um. And Jerry Nelson plays one of the stepsisters and Featherstone. And uh, 
Jerry Nelson has, again, a special place in my heart because he is the original voice and performer for Robin. <gasps> Aww. Kermit's little nephew. and I Kermit's nephew. And I cannot say, I cannot accurately describe how much I love that little frog, let me tell you. <laughs> Aww. I have... You need to share... You you need to share the Kermit and Robin that you made. Yeah, I to the uh, to the official Twitter so that everyone can see. Yeah, I'll have it's beautiful. I made myself a uh, a Kermit and Robin last year just before this. It was my New Year's resolution for uh, twenty twenty one that I wanted to try and make a Muppet, and I uh, started it in like March and then put it aside for the majority of the year and then December hit and I was like let's do this let's fucking let's make a Muppet and I was able to get Kermit and Robin done and they're they're, they're like, beautiful they are I'm like staring at them I kept like catching glances of them in my periphery and it's, <laughs> no it's almost like weird like I'm talking about Kermit when he's right beside me it feels rude <laughs> <laughs> it's like don't talk about me like I'm not in the room I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that awkward puberty comment I made earlier, Kermit. <laughs> oh, that was a fun experience. I would recommend it to people if you've ever thought about making your own Muppet. Just do it. It's it's really interesting to get just to like a taste of how the Jim Henson Company makes these things because there's they're they're complicated and yet simple at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's my precious boy, Robin. We'll we'll get to your film next year, Robin, I promise. I look forward to it. Good. It is I again so much love in my heart for the Frog Prince. We <laughs> we almost did it this year, but there's another movie that I want to cover in our April Prince movie month that also involves a frog as the main character and ah. it felt like it would be too much frog too soon. <laughs> gotta space the frogs out. Gotta yeah, gotta space it out. So next year for sure, Robin. We'll get you. We'll we'll get to you. <laughs> and uh last but not least, we have Frank Oz performing Cinderella's other stepsister and also Splurge. Ah. And Frank Oz, of course, he uh performed uh Miss Piggy and Fozzie, and a whole bunch of people. A whole bunch of Muppets, rather. Uh, he's also a director, which is something that oh. I did not know until I was an adult and started going, oh, hey, Frank Oz, the the Muppet guy, has directed movies? And then huh. you look at his filmography, and it's got, like, a pretty decent range. I, I'm most familiar with, uh, of his movies... A uh, little shop of horrors is the one. Oh wow! Mm hmm. Huh. Which fun fact that one was a uh, little shop of horrors was being filmed around the same time that Labyrinth was, and that's the reason why Frank Oz doesn't play a major character in Labyrinth because he was uh, he was busy. He was little... busy. <laughs> mm hmm. He does. Ah. Um, he he does play the wise man though that shows up in Labyrinth. Because that was like, ah uh, yes, they managed to sneak him in for like a minor character at least. I gotta cameo him in quickly. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I I need to give a shout out for Joe Raposo, who wrote the music for this special. Uh, he is responsible for a lot of the music that was on Sesame Street, including these theme song oh. and the infamous It's Not Easy Being Green song. Amazing. That's Which fantastic. Is, yeah. It's again, it's so fascinating to see the beginnings of yeah. each and every one of these people. Can you tell me how, how to get how to get to, get to Sesame, Sesame Street? Street. <laughs> I watched um the Street Gang documentary a few weekends ago, uh just like a documentary detailing the beginnings of Sesame Street and how how they got to Sesame Street. And I would really recommend it. It's I I don't know, it's as a kid, of course, we knew Sesame Street as that fun thing on TV that we would watch. And it's, it's especially for us as 90s kids, Sesame Street was always there. Oh, it yeah. It was just like this, this is this thing that just always existed for as long as we knew it. So it's, it was very interesting to be able to see and hear, like, how did this actually get created? Because there, believe it or not, was a time when Sesame Street did not exist. What the heck? That's, yeah. It's so weird to think about. That's, yeah. Oh, man. I need to... This is, like, sparking a love of, like, like a, a long-forgotten thing in my heart about, like, man, these puppets are fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> Muppets are awesome. Man. Everybody cool go, as hell. Everybody go watch the new Fraggle Rock reboot because we need more puppet shit in our lives. We need more Jim yeah. Henson puppet shit. We need more seasons of the Fraggle Rock show. If I'm ever going to break in and somehow <laughs> <laughs> just I, I don't know what I'm <laughs> You're just watching an episode of Fraggle Rock and like and in the background you just see me like peeking up and I'm just there. I'm living in the set now. <laughs> They try. You, I, Christy, where have you gone? I've moved to Fraggle Rock. What do you mean? I've moved to Fraggle Rock. I'm I'm down at Fraggle Rock, Brie, and I'm just I'm there. They can't catch me. They can't, Christy. They can't, your your audio sounds really weird. Have you like changed rooms? I'm in Fraggle Rock. What? Brie, we have to be very quiet when we're podcasting because security <laughs> is, is looking for me. <laughs> They're gonna throw my ass out if we're too loud. <laughs> Oh, my bed is just like the discarded pelts of previous fraggles. Oh, God. <laughs> you made yourself a nest of the skins of fraggles? Yeah. Christy, what the fuck? <laughs> Christy, no. Oh, my God. What a nightmare. It's really oh, soft, God. though. It's nice felt or fleece. Uh, I'd believe it. <laughs> There's something about Muppets. I just want to touch them. They just look, they look so plush yeah. and soft. When Next time you're at my house, I'll let you touch Kermit. <gasps> yeah. right. he, he is a working puppet too, so you can, you can play with <gasps> him a bit. He's so expressive. I love oh. him. Oh. Yay. Ah. <laughs> uh. Last thing to note for this film, I think, is I just want to rant because 
there has not been an official release of this or the Frog Prince, which oh. is something that infuriates me. I I imagine that they just don't have much enthusiasm for re-releasing this because of how dated it is, but I think they should just release it anyways for the historical value of it. Yeah. Like make a like an old old Muppet special collection. Yeah, Frog Prince, Hey Cinderella. Uh, they have like the the tales tales of the Bremen. What a Bremen musicians that one. Muppet musicians of Bremen. Yes, thank you. Uh, that one I did not see as a kid, so I have like it's funny how it works. I have zero nostalgia for it, so I'm like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't care about that. But give me, you know, that what that one, whatever. Whatever, whatever. Give me the frog prince already. But <laughs> come um, on, yeah. There's there's never been a DVD release of this, so the only way you could watch it is either on YouTube or it is uploaded onto the Internet Archive, or I guess you could track down a VHS release of it. But um, <laughs> if you're real determined and also have a VHS player, yeah. I um it's it's funny this is something that I I completely forgot that I tried to do and it wasn't until I again was just looking up info about this movie for the podcast that the memory came back that um at one point I actually started trying to make a DVD sized version of the VHS cover uh specifically because at my movie nights I always like people to be able to flip through oh. the selection of yes. DVDs so that they could, you know, pick what to watch. And I wanted to be able to do that with Hey Cinderella, even though there wasn't an official DVD release. So I was, I wasn't just resizing the VHS cover. I was trying to match the dimensions of the DVD and like change stuff on it so that it better fit as well as like try and redraw oh, wow. some stuff to make it look like a high res release. Jeez. I completely forgot that I started doing that. And <laughs> I just, I saw the VHS cover and it triggered this memory of trying to go through and trace over the cursive lettering of Hey Cinderella. Oh, God. I, I'm sure I still have that file somewhere <laughs> on some forgotten hard drive. I, I should, like, look it up. Um, oh, my God. Search for it in, in, in yeah. your old files. I yeah I'm sure uh, see the problem is I'm bad at naming shit so it probably wasn't named so it's, something like it's named yeah it was probably PSD yeah JKUF one two final underscore JPEG no final two final three edit yeah <laughs> it's God. an ordeal every time I have to search for something I hate myself but yet I never learn. I have so many sketch files, even today, that I, like, I open up my, like, photos drive, and it's, like, .tiff, and I'm, like, yeah. oh, no, what is yeah. this? <laughs> we do it to ourselves, Brie. We've done it to ourselves, because it'll be, like, I'll, I'll have it open, and then I'll try to exit out, and it's, like, do you want to save? And I'm, like, oh, yeah, I do. Uh, key smash. Yeah, just smash. Why do we do this to ourselves? I don't know. <laughs> Literally just, like, jam the keyboard with, like, just, like... <laughs> Like the back of my hand, not even my fingers, just <clears throat> fine, it's saved. <laughs> oh man. God. But uh, I think Yeah, I just that'd yeah. Be it. I I would recommend like this is on YouTube. You can just mm -hmm. search up Hey Cinderella Jim Henson Muppet Tales. 
go. And they, you will find it, and it's just mm-hmm. a cute little. It's an hour long. It's a yeah. cute little watch. Go watch it. I I love this one so much. I I ended up Brie. I did fan art for the first time in forever. <gasps> oh my gosh! I did fan art because I what? loved. I loved. I love Cinderella. I loved her big party hair, her giant bouffant. <gasps> so I had to draw it. Amazing. Please, is it on the? Is it on our main Twitter? No, if it's not. Please put it up when it's when uh, when this goes out. Well, I will. I'll I'll reshare it on uh, on that Twitter. Please, please do. But because uh... dear listeners, Christy is a great artist. Once... Not only makes cool po- props, but also draws real good. Once once upon a time, I thought I would maybe be an animator. So I spent a good chunk of my life drawing. And then after like 25 years, I was like, actually, never mind. <laughs> so it didn't amount to much. Valid. Every so often, I just whip out I whip out a drawing to remind myself that I, I can draw. I just choose Yeah, you to. can. Yeah. Valid. But, uh... Speaking of fan art, uh, <gasps> yes. So before we leave, we gotta give a shout out to Butterfly Latte on Twitter because she drew us yet again another another beautiful bit of fan art. Oh my god, it's so wonderful. Uh, she drew it's so a, good. Yeah, it's an artist's impression of our recording session, and uh, it's us in this field of flowers with tiaras and princess gowns. And I would like everybody to go see it. And please assume that this is an actual depiction of the events, because the reality of how I look when we record these these podcasts is very, very different. It's, I'm currently, I'm in pajamas. Um... My, Christy, don't ruin the magic! My hair is unbrushed, I am, I'm, I've got a thin layer of dust and metal polish on me. Oh and no. Just various this is this is the life I've chosen for myself. This is what happens when you start to be like, I'm gonna make props and stuff. It's just you're constantly covered with a thin layer of something. <laughs> Today it is dust and metal polish. Yesterday it was a bunch of thread. The day before that it was glitter. It's just it's it's a hard life. Oh god. The life I've chosen. Yeah, you've done this to yourself. But yeah, no, the the art is just, it's so cute. I love it so much. It's adorable. Thank you so much to Butterfly Latte. It's so sweet. Thank you so much. It's it's awesome. It's weird to think that we we are in a position where people make fan art of us. It's not something that I ever would have thought would happen to me. So it's no. it's like, it's it's wild. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh. With that, I think we will close this one out. Go watch Hey Cinderella. More people need to talk about this one. Maybe if we all rise up, they will finally release it and the Frog Prince <laughs> on DVD. But uh, everyone, you... everyone, start yelling. Make some noise. Yeah, release it. <laughs> But uh, thank you guys for tuning in. If you would like to see uh, clips from this film and other films we have covered, please check us out on Twitter at BadPrincessMOV. And uh, if you have a 
comment or a suggestion, feel free to email us at badprincessmovies at gmail.com. Uh, especially if you know how that whole cigar thing worked with King the King. <laughs> Please email me. I need to know. Um, and uh, lastly, if you want to check out the catalog of, of Bad Princess Movies, you can check that out at badprincessmovies.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. I Thanks. hope you enjoyed us talking essentially about Muppets for yeah, an hour. Yeah, this was fun. Because fuck yeah. Fuck still, yeah, Muppets. I was finally, I was able to purge some of the Muppet energy. I'm It'll from, come back. It'll start slowly building yeah. back up again before we do an, until we do another Muppets. Oh, God, yes. It's, at least it's, it's, some of it has been expelled into the universe. <laughs> but, oh. Thank you, guys. We will talk to you again soon. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Yeah.